Welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories! Tonight we're covering part two of the history of the Cabal. Uh, last time we covered uh, kind of like the, the early days of the Cabal, what the, the Empire was like, very... Um, uh, I, I hesitate to use Klingon-ish, but yeah, we'll, we'll use it. Why not? Uh, and we covered all the way up until uh, we, we covered a lot of Kala stuff. And uh, in our research, we have, I say our research, in Myth's research, Myth has realized <laughs> that uh, <laughs> Callus is very central to a lot of this stuff. So this, this may seem like a callus themed episode tonight, uh, but I promise you it's not. Uh, it is still the history of the Cabal. It's just Callus is so ingrained in there uh, that that's how that's going to seem. Uh, so, Myth, uh, where, where did we where did we leave off uh, last time? Yeah. So, with our last episode, we talked about the uh, very early beginnings of the Cabal, uh, all the way back in the era of lead. It was called. Uh, with the very first emperor, Acrius, um, and kind of the mythos surrounding him that the Cabal, uh, you know, to- told each other, uh, kind of a-, a bedtime story for children uh, feel. Um, we talked about some of the nuances between the stories that Cabal told amongst themselves and kind of our translations of them, uh, and how our translations were not necessarily inaccurate, but were very um, dumbed-down versions, kind of missed some of the the lesson in the stories. Uh, And then we talked about, um, you know, the Cabal going from uh, growing into a a empire, growing into this this system-spanning civilization. and then the rise of Callus and how Callus changed a lot of the uh, ideals and ideas of the Cabal society from the militaristic with the Praetoriate uh, to more of a, a renaissance kind of, you know, valuing debate and valuing art uh, in addition to having like coliseums and things uh, to provide some of that, you know, more violent entertainment still. Yeah. Uh, but was very much skewing more towards the 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 idea of being a very uh opulent race of people. And we left off saying that uh either Callus is not an accurate narrator of the state of the empire he ruled over. Uh, and or there now, hold on were people a second. that were not. Are happy. you telling me that that dictatorial leaders will paint themselves in whatever the hell light they want to paint themselves in? Maybe just a little biased, just a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a lot biased. Maybe a lot. Yeah. Uh, whatever the the case may be, um, there was a plan hatched to usurp the empire and remove Callus from power. Uh, and that was kind of the, the teaser that we, we left it on uh, last yeah. week. So 
this week we're going to talk about that actual uh, event um, and kind of the repercussions of and uh, what that ultimately meant for Callus specifically as well as the Cabal as a whole. So. All, all the all the cabals that still have balls. <laughs> and one that doesn't. Um and one that doesn't. <laughs> I was thinking of I was thinking of a neat rhyme the other day that was like a it was like a palindrome rhyme and it was like but but it wasn't gall, so I I couldn't use gall, but it was like gall was the only cabal with balls to cut the balls off a cabal named gall. So that was a little tongue twister that I came up with. It's a fun tongue twister that is completely inaccurate to the lore. Completely but, yeah. inaccurate. Like, doesn't, <laughs> none of that, like, like parts of those are true, but not in with itself. So, it, yeah, yeah, just ignore it. It's, it was just cute. <clears throat> Without further ado, let's get into tonight's episode then. Uh, so we are starting with an event called the Midnight Coup. I, and the Midnight Midnight Coup, as it sounds, was a coup d'etat that was uh, perpetrated by Gaul, as well as um, the consul, and a number of conspirators that were very close to Callus. Just kind of showing, if, if this many people this close to Callus were willing to rise against him, uh, Maybe there were some things going on that he he neglects to inform us of in uh in some of his self narrated pieces during the the last yeah. episode. I, I definitely think we're getting some at two brute stuff happening. A little bit, and and actually, uh, Gaul is very much considered. So so Gaul was picked out of the Colosseum by Callus and given uh leadership of the Red Legion. And as we will see tonight in, in some of the descriptions between um, of Gaul by Callus, uh, he viewed him essentially as a son. So it oh, was a very cow. big betrayal for Gaul to, to turn against him in this way. I think it's important, before we get to the actual coup and, and what happened during it, is to uh, kind of describe the major players. Because all of these people had a very important part in the the uprising against Callus and uh, where he ended up, as well as some of the actions he took afterwards. So I'm going to go through the um, conspirators. Uh, these are the descriptions of these people from Callus's point of view, and all of these descriptions are coming to us from the Destiny 2 Vanilla Collector's Edition lore book. We're going to start with the bodyguard, Lictor Shyotet, the Emperor's Protector. Shyotet the Uncleft, my eternal companion, my shield, and my trust. Whatever good I did, he owns a piece of it, for I did it all under his protection. How many bullets he took for me, how many poisons and piercing thoughts. When I spoke to the people of Dawis and told them I had repossessed the wealth and plunder of the Praetorian elite, it was Shyatet who stood by my side. The legions could have bombed our hides to leather, but he stood. 
He loved me through all the hard times. Oh, friend, how could my happiness turn you against me? How could you grow disgusted with my joy and revelry? How bitter to lose a friend because your friendship was made only of shared pain. On the dark day, Shayatet led the soldiers into my house. Let the soldiers plunder my collections, feast on my larders, and shoot down those who tried to save me. Shayatet said he was doing this in the name of the man I'd once been, but I knew he was jealous of the emperor I'd become. Shayatet must die. So this, this is a very close, a very close conf- a confidant of, of Callus. Like, that's, I mean, he's talking about how he... How he, you know, shared in the pain. Like that's the only reason why we're here is because this guy shared in it. And you know, why would you betray me? Like what? Like out out of everyone that could betray me, why? Why you? Type thing. Like yeah, like the only reason he was emperor, or or it sounds like the only reason he was emperor is in part because of the protection he had gotten uh, from this, you know, this right hand man, this bodyguard, and uh, and so to to directly go against your uh your duty especially in a uh you know a a society that uh values honor and you know being upholden to to what you're supposed to do um as the cabal are like that that's a pretty that's a pretty major thing yeah well and and so to me i keep i keep drawing all this stuff to to uh, roman like um uh, references and so so this whole time i'm always going to ask is this guy brutus is this is this is this the 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 if we think of callus as caesar is is this his is is this bodyguard his brutus um i think you could have some some argument that it could you could consider them that uh however i think our our brutus is is the most direct comparison that we are going to find um is probably going to be gaul himself okay well i guess i guess at the end of the day technically nobody's brutus because Callus. Right, it's Spoiler not exactly alert. the same. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Callus is still alive, we think. We think. Well, we know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the uh the next conspirator is the scientist freeborn Atzat. Scion Savant. I was trying to say you you said freeborn. So this is a reborn. This is this is a scion that's been granted freedom, basically. Like, mm-hmm. e- 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 I, 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 we used this last time too, and I, and I, I don't know if this is the right terminology, but um, equality amongst the cabal people. I don't think the scions have ever had true equality. Um, sure. Sure. I think freeborn in this sense uh is is meaning, you know, not indentured to but from a like societal standpoint, they're still very much treated as useful tools but inferior on a like political sure. level. 
Sure, like lesser, like lesser, <laughs> lesser mortals, basically. Kinda, yeah. Um, so freeborn, although is you know a step for scions, is not necessarily, uh, you know, doesn't mean like oh, scion, you know, scions are great now, or or scions have yeah. you know, this this great life now. <laughs> Cabal, Cabal may not have been the nicest people in the galaxy. I'm just gonna say that. Who knew? Uh, Who knew? <laughs> your your entire like way of life is about warring and subjugating other worlds to do what you want them to do for you. Yeah. Who'd have thought? May, they maybe may not be super nice. Might not be the best role models or anything. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So scientist freeborn Otsat. Centuries after we destroyed the Scion's clairvoyant Oxa machine. Word reached me that it had been rebuilt on the moon of Brand. The Evoquette General sent her ships to bomb the moon. In my imperial forgiveness, however, I stopped her. I asked myself, who but a true genius could reconstruct the Oxa? Who but a scion who craved the Oxa's power to see the unseen? Surely we could use that mind. I invited the builder to join me at a feat in her honor. She was called Atzat, freeborn scion, and she glowed with the power of her thoughts. She said, is this not Callus's new empire, an empire of achievement? Can't the scions grow fat in thought as you grow fat with power? I said, you have a deal. I name you Imperial Dreamer and you will have all that you need. All of us are stronger when we join hands in song, Cabal and Scion, Sindhu and Clips, Arkborn and all others. If only I could have sensed her thoughts, as she so ably sensed mine. When I moved to free the indentured Scions, I threatened Atzat's superior status as a freeborn. She joined the conspiracy against me, she used the Oxa to transmit messages in secret, the military's plans for their coup. Atzat must die. She can sense the hostility and focus of an assassin. Somehow, you must reach her undetected. Approach her in joy and trust, as I once did. Then, you may have hope. So this this is kind of interesting. Like, I I guess I've never really thought about it until it's till just now where you stated it. Ox, oxot, 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 oxa, oxot, oxa is the machine. Oxot is the scion. Yes. Because you know that's not confusing as shit. Right. Yeah. So the scion can totally like. They they can read thoughts. They're psychers. They they like mm-hmm. they are, com- like every thought that Callus is having while talking with this this scion is freely freely seen in the in the scion's mind. But it's it's only it's a one way street, right? Like unless the scion yeah. allows Callus to see what's going on in her mind. So that's that's kind of that's kind of weird to me that. Callus would openly allow this, and I, I guess that's that's part of the reason for the Cabal wanting to keep the Scions as a subjugated tool, uh, as opposed to an equal, because that that 
that psychic ability is so one-sided like it, it's oh it's, yeah i would not be surprised at all if some of the reason they've been you know subjugating the the scions is is out of fear because if you had scions absolutely. on an equal political standing as you know a, a valis or something um but the scion can read your thoughts like yeah how do you win now against what? that kind of political opponent yeah and callus here seems to to show that there is a difference between a freeborn scion and a normal scion who is still indentured um yeah and atza is freeborn and he at least is is attributing her uh assistance in the coup to not wanting the other scions to be freed of indentured uh indentured servitude because she has power over them as a freeborn uh again almost almost like i don't know uh, if that's true but right right well i I think of it as her she's like like the because because callus is very callus by 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 calling off the the attack on on the um <laughs> oxa machine <laughs> why why did they have to be so close um callus calling off the attack on the prediction machine i'm just going to call that that makes so much more sense that uh, works yeah shows that he he has at least some understanding of like the importance of this machine and that oh, absolutely. even just even just having access to it via a scion is still more valuable than having it completely destroyed because it's already been destroyed once and this scion was uh either intelligent enough or and we talked kind of talked about this last episode we don't really know what came first like chicken or egg uh vex right, tech yeah. or or this thing so we don't know if it was they stole it back from the Scion, or stole it back from the Vex, and then the Vex were able to see the end portion of it and create it to be stolen back. Yeah, so that's it's it's interesting that that a a Scion, because is it stated that this Scion, like this lone Scion, built the entire rebuilt the entire thing? Uh, it's implied. It doesn't specify if they single handedly built it or if they were just the ones that were smart enough to redesign it and then had other scions assist with building it. Uh, but they're the that's only just, ones that's, really that's mentioned. Bold. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's, that's a, a, again, that kind of shows that, you know, the scions really are, that they are of a, a very high intelligence level. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and now the, for some reason, I'm thinking that the, boss at the end of the strike that Oxa and Otzot are mentioned. No, that's that's uh That's Cargan. Uh, Cargan at the, that's the end right. of yep. Insight Terminus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Never mind who then. I I think was uh knew that that information lied in the Vex network and was trying to get access to how did Otzot make an Oxa machine to to do the same, um, sure. But you know we we thwart that attempt because remember, kids, looking into the future is bad. It's not bad, bad per se, 
I mean, Bruno sees it in the future, and everyone just yells at him for it, and then we don't, don't talk about no, it. No, no. <laughs> this is not. This is not a musical. Uh, no, okay. but <laughs> continue. <laughs> but the uh, the next conspirator here. Uh, is someone that we Hashtag have not really heard Disney of sponsors. before. Someone we have not heard of before, and this is the <laughs> celebrant, Adile Molly Emily, the Everjoy. All right, Bungie's just making up words now. <laughs> and this is what Callus has to say about Molly. Ah, Molly the Everjoy, chief of festivals. He named himself for the grand wallowing flats of Molly Myth, where bathers, where bathers snack on floating oysters and the rising tide carries sweet flowers to tickle the hide. As those waters soothe the body, so Molly soothed my empire. How the children love his holidays. How could a year go by without the tusking challenges or the resignation day championships or the qualifiers for the all-imperial whale kayaking? If only Molly hadn't soothed the people after my exile. If only he'd let them rise up in rage. But that's Molly, isn't it, my brave champions? He just can't bear to see the people angry. Unhappiness leads to uprising, and uprising leads to bloodshed. And few know this, but Molly was once the Colossus of Brunth. As a loyal soldier of the old corrupt Praetoriate, he drove the Republicans into the sea. He massacred innocent citizens for the crime of supporting me. He renounced war forever, and devoted himself to joy and revelry. Oh, Molly, what happiness you brought to us all. Now the Everjoy celebrates false happiness. He paints a smiling face on the grim legionary helm. Molly must die. Let his death come on a day that he himself invented. So my, the, the first part of that where it's like the bathers with floating... I'm I'm literally picturing a bunch of cabal in like a hot tub with like <laughs> I like, I kind of like, think that's what they're going for. <laughs> that's that's what it is, right? And and but the food is literally just floating in there with them. Mhm. <laughs> that's like it's just hot tub in in an oyster bath, I guess. And you just reach down and crack one open. Weird. And... <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it even talks about like it's tickling the hide and stuff. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> I mean, I know we're drawing uh, some Roman parallels, but it's it's I, I Is this a recorded <laughs> cabal orgy happening right now? Is that what we're talking about? I love the uh, all imperial whale kayaking. <laughs> what is what even is whale kayaking? What even what even are you using a whale as a kayak? Are you kayaking for whales? <laughs> like what is what are these holidays? I want International Whale Kayaking Day to be a a <laughs> holiday on earth now. That's that's what I'm going to petition for next. Oh, that's uh yeah, I mean, it sounds like they they have a good time at least. Uh, I mean, Callus is all about this like live life to the fullest, and so to have like a you know 
what would you call this guy? Uh, the the chief holiday maker guy, like uh, essentially, yeah, chief of festivals yeah. is his title. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting to see that he used to be a colossus under the the uh, leadership of the old Pretoria, and he actually fought against um the supporters of Callus originally as Callus was trying to come to power. And when Callus did get to power, apparently this Molly character, you know, swore off war and decided, no, I'm just going to dedicate myself to making people happy. Uh, I mean, which is, I mean, is, is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Good for him. But the fact that he continued to make people happy after Callus was out of the picture apparently means he has to die, uh, at least in Callus's <laughs> eyes. So, you know, I, I, I like the reasoning. Well, he's got to die. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like all of these entries are obviously from Callus's point of view, and Callus yes, is like, yeah. these people need to die. Like, screw this guy. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, um. And it's it's interesting. So this, all of these entries are uh, presumed to be broadcast out to the gen to anyone that'll listen. Essentially, like Callus. Oh, is so these aren't like just his... like journal entries. No, these are these are messages being broadcast out that are essentially Callus's like bounty board of hey, Holy I shit. will reward you if you eliminate any of these people and give me proof. <laughs> now. Now I'm thinking of it as like, like li- like like a like a bungee bounty type thing. Like, hey, we'll give <laughs> give you five hundred glimmer and two hundred thousand XP if you kill this guy for me. Really? Can I get See, some uh, gunsmith materials with that? No, you get XP and glimmer, and that's it. That's it. Oh. Uh, See, for me in my head, I'm seeing this as like a uh, a bounty coming in on. The uh the bounty board show from uh oh god uh, <laughs> on Bebop <laughs> from Bebop yeah Cowboy Bebop how, how we doing partners well we got us here a big old bounty going on these guys yeah that Oxock guy is a real son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what now that's what's happening now that's getting yep. yep so uh all right the the next one here. Is Five the general of Wuhans. Yeah. <laughs> the the general Evocate General Umanarath, Primus of all legions. This is what Callus now, has to say about this one. Have have we seen any of these characters in game at all? Or or have we interacted with any of these entities? Um be it a strike boss, a, a raid bot, anything. No. Any any type of the only one that we have heard of in game up to this point is Atzat, and that's specifically like we've heard of them, but we have not met them. Is I'm I'm fairly certain, right? Uh, and it's just a quick mention that even even Zavala's like dismisses it instantly, like ah, oh, it doesn't matter, just get back here, like yeah. We found all this um, information about this stuff, like you don't want us to investigate, like say no, no, it's fine, no, nah, nah, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, however, the three after the Evocate General uh, are all characters that we have seen and interacted with in game. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, so the, the general. My dear companion, let me confess this. To know true joy, one must also experience true sorrow. I am sorry for Uman Arath, the worst mistake I ever made. In ages past, the emperor ruled alongside the Praetoriate, the degenerate and venal military aristocracy. The legions made an iron wall around them, and the people suffered so that the legions could grow. I cast down the Praetoriate. I gave the legions the right to speak as citizens. But I still needed armies, and armies need a leader. So I chose a combat veteran to serve as the Evocate General. I thought I could show Uman the great works and delights of our cabal, and thus teach her that war is only a way of protecting happiness. But she would say to me, The war is all there is. All this, the crowds, the triumphal architecture, the gardens in the sky, everything I'd built. This, this is just logistical support, she would say. I watched her. I wasn't a fool. But when at last she betrayed me, she acted through a simple consul and his protege. Damnation upon the name of Gaul. Uman Arath would consign my people to an eternity of fear and strife. She would pillage and tax my people in the name of their protection, and yet it will be the soldiers that she protects. Uman Arath must die. Her flagship's full hull is adamant. Her weapons crack planets, and she stands ever vigilant. For Uman sees terror all around her. Machines who can eat her worlds, barbarians who corrode her frontiers, wizards who thirst for her soul, and worse. Uman is afraid of the outside. See that her doom comes from within. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's this is so yeah. we um we talked a little bit about her before uh as when we were discussing how Callus kind of re um set up the the political structures of the cabal after his rise to power. Right. I uh, so the the person he put in charge of all the legions was very much of the old mindset of like we are a warring race. War is what we do. All of this other stuff just it's is is window dressing. Support. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, uh, that was that was what I did love that. Like, yeah, she would just say this is all just logistical support for war. Like, I mean, okay, technically, yeah, okay, I got you, but yeah, no, it's 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 interesting that he would put an old guard, um, but I guess he's like he sees the need for it, right? Like he says, you know, even though we're kind of giving up our warring ways, we can't just like do away with our army like we can't just be completely defenseless so to put a combat veteran in the highest position there of the military makes sense um but yeah it it and and there's there's one entry in there's one section there that it talks about wizards would have her soul is he talking about hive wizards he's absolutely talking about hive wizards that's mind-blowing Obviously, the, the Cabal knew about the Hive by nature of what Callus just said. 
right. they learned about the hive actually from the Oxa machine. Callus got visions uh, from the Oxa machine of the rise of Oryx, essentially. No shit. And presumably, you know, this, this is not stated anywhere, but I would assume that if the Cabal, as a warring race, were ever expanding their empire and the Hive were ever destroying everything, uh, they may <laughs> have met at one point or yeah. another. <laughs> An interesting connection here as well. So this is from the, uh, the biography for Umanarath from Destinypedia. And they specifically reference uh, chapter five of the lore book Empress, um, which is entitled New Gods. But apparently it's implied that Umanarath was originally fearful and then became uh, obsessed with the Hive's philosophy around sword logic because it meshed so well with her philosophy of like, always be at war. Yeah. Um, and we know that Keitel has mentioned in the past that uh, when, when Shivu Arath uh, attacked Torbottle, uh, it was with the assistance of Savathun um, from within. Well, and that's, that's literally what Kalis is saying. Like, may, may your death come from within. If we're to draw some comparisons here, I think it's very likely that Umin is the... Is, the one that Sabathun corrupted, who then led to the eventual downfall of uh, Torbottle via Shibu Arath. I found the uh, chapter referred to um, in the, the book titled Empress. Uh, absolutely. Umin is the one that opened the way for Shibu Arath to take over Torbottle. Uh, Umin was essentially worshipping Shibu Arath. Gotcha. So, so Uman essentially forced Keitel to kill her and use that death as a ritual to open a portal for Shivu Arath to send her armies into Torbottle. Like a, like a, uh, uh, like a throne war portal. Yeah, an ascendant portal. Yep. Holy shit. Now we've got Cabal practicing darkness. Right, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, a much more important character in the, the grand scheme of the Cabal than what this you know single entry would, would allude to. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're, you're literally talking about a Cabal using darkness. Like, that's... Yeah. That's a big deal. Like, that's... <laughs> I'm kind of amazed that we... That this is... Like, the... I, I don't want to say this is the first time I've heard of it, but... Yeah, this is the first time I can think of a Cabal using light or dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, okay, there's Gaul, but Gaul yeah. doesn't really We'll count. get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. So, but for the time being, she's just a conspirator in this coup d'etat against Callus that he is named as someone that needs to die. Um, the next conspirator that he names is Keitel, the Princess Imperial. And he has this to say. Oh, beloved. What have you done? I only wanted an heir who would love what I love. Sweet air and song and the grand work of architects. Feasts and ecstasies, worlds of delight. Are these things not best? Was I inattentive, child? 
No, I was not. But the more I tried to show you what I loved, the more you turned away. First those games of war and conquest that you played with Uman, then the pressure armor you took to wearing at home, as if the palace were an alien world and the revels toxic. I was so happy when you became a star pilot. I thought you'd see our great cabal in all its glory and variety and understand the joy of peace. But when you returned to Torbottle, you would hide away with Umin, whispering about threats that gather on our frontier. I could have stopped the coup. You alone knew of my special arrangement. When I raced to my throne to give the signal, you were there. You sat on my throne with the signal in your fist, and when I reached out to beg, you crushed the bone in your gauntlet. Father, you said, I will not be weak. You mistook my joy for weakness. You understood nothing of who I am. So my dear daughter must die. Only in flight is she ever happy. Only when she's happy can she be reached. I could never reach her. Perhaps you will. So there's, there's an interesting thing here that I don't know is, I don't think is talked about anywhere directly. So Callus had something that he believes would have stopped the coup. That it was a special arrangement, he calls it. And when he raced to his throne, his throne room, to get this signal, Keitel was there and knew about it. And it says, you crushed the bone in your gauntlet. Almost sounding like this signal, this thing that he thinks could have stopped the coup, was this bone. Which makes me think oh, one shit. of two things. Ahamkara. Either Ahamkara bone or worm. Well, shit. Though I, I don't think... I, I think I Ahamkara makes more sense. I think you're right. Just because of the thought that, like, there, we, never, we never look at a worm... Well, I guess there is the, the familiar that... Uh, that Savathun had that still whispered to her, but it wasn't. Well, no, because it wasn't even the worm that was whispering to her, right? It was just the darkness. It was it was the witness that was whispering through the worm to through her. it. Yeah. So we don't really yeah. have any evidence of a worm having any type of abilities past death. Whereas Ahamkara, we absolutely have thousands of. I mean, Eris Morn has been walking around the whole damn universe with <laughs> Ahamkara bone in her, yeah. just making wishes. Just hey, la 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 la. No, that's bad. Eris. We, we do Cut though. That shit out. We do have record of a worm having sentience after death, and that is uh, Zol as part of the Whisper of the Worm Gun. Uh, Nakris oh, mentions that like he can still sense Zol's essence or soul or yeah. whatever, but like he can't connect. Like Zol is actively avoiding him uh, after the events of of Warmind. Um, so like yeah. there's still a there's still something there enough to be identified as Zol 
So I, I do think the worms do. have, have that it. same yeah. ability as, as Lahamkara or something similar. But um, but in this instance, I think it's more likely it's an Ahamkara bone. Now, what kind of signal that would give? I don't know. Maybe he's he's just means find it and like make a wish on sure. it. Sure, like like wish it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I think. I think of it as like a like an Ahamkara like panic button, right? Like that's that's his like yeah. Secret Service, come get Which, me, save me. Bring brings about a lot of questions honestly like how long yeah! if this is an ahamkara bone we're, we're gonna make some big assumptions here but if we if we assume this is an ahamkara bone how long has he had it and how much of his conquest and downfall are due to wishes he's already made oh shit you know if if he wished for the power to become emperor yeah and and in the way Ahamkara do, they're like, okay, you'll be emperor, and you're gonna have all this power to to do what you want, but others are gonna covet your power. Oh, yeah, you know, or um, or he's gonna wish to you know be be able to spread his revelry to to everyone in the universe. Like, okay, but you're gonna have to go through some shit to meet the darkness to then like have the ability to do that, and you're not really gonna be you anymore. Like all of those would be very Ahimkara. That would, that would be, you know, monkey paw wishes. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, so it makes me wonder. But that's so. That's an interesting thought too. That by crushing this bone, so the so the bone of an Ahimkara can still still has some sort of magic or or whatever you want to call it in that bone, but the dust of said bone doesn't necessarily have the same level of power or whatever because by by yeah. Cal, by by Keitel crushing it like saying you know if again if we are assuming that this is an ahm carbone by crushing it that like takes away all ability to do anything you know like that's that's a yep. that's like the the end of the line for that one so that's a that's an interesting thought there well when we were doing our our eris morn episode talking about the great hunt uh that eris took part on uh with ikora Ikora was destroying the bodies, the remains of the Ahamkara that right. had been killed. Um, I think for for the same reason, because yeah. apparently destroying physically destroying the bones, uh, at least beyond a certain point, render them no longer able to to affect things. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. If he if he really does have a if he if that really was an Ahamkara bone and and. That has a lot of implications. That has a lot of. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know for sure that's the case, but I'm going with it for now. It see it seems like it, it's likely. Hashtag um, prove me wrong. <laughs> oh, don't don't venture oh, into shit. that. <laughs> shit, <laughs> you'll be asking for it. Uh, no. So the the next conspirator, we only have two left here. Um, the next conspirator oh. is the console. One, and, one last uh, thing about the about yep. uh, uh, um, Keitel. It talks about uh, 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 wearing a pressure suit. Is is this the same suit that like we see all Cabal wearing? Presumably, because um, that, that, that's what I thought. When that's what pop, I thought that they were wearing. Yeah, when you pop the head off a of Cabal or you pop the helmet off a of Cabal, like you get that pressure release from where yeah, the helmet used to yeah. be. So I, I I'm assuming all of their armor is 
you know, fashioned in, in this, this pressure suit way. Well, and it's, it's, um, God, I wish I could remember where the entry was. Um, but I swear there's an entry talking about how like that's jet fuel that's laces their, their, their yeah. suits. Uh, I think it was a quest where the ghost was talking about, um, yeah, that the, the, the fluid that they use to cool their their suits um was the same like chemical structure as as our jet fuel jet fuel yeah uh, i would have which to which is find also exactly glimmer right like glimmer also is the same but... for some um, reason i'm thinking that glimmer had the same i don't i makeup. don't remember that yeah I, th- I think glimmer is just programmable matter like gl- glimmer and, oh okay like like and grams are similar yeah. in that way yeah the 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 what do they call it the the fifth state of matter yep matter yep. in a in a data sense yeah. yeah um so i i don't remember there being a direct tie between glimmer and the cabal coolant but okay good then i'm crazy we'll just we'll just go with that yeah. theory <laughs> no that's no longer theory that's fact zor's crazy well, there you go there you go there zor's you go. crazy case closed Case closed. Um, Okay, so next... uh, The console is up next. Uh, Callus does not have nice things to say about the console. Who would have thought? Um, Well, and this is is the the replacement of the... The console is the replacement of the entire uh, Senate, basically, right? So the console is... uh, the the singular cabal that he exiled to the desert, um, who was previously oh. the head of the Praetoriate. Right, um, right, 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 right. This is Mr. So Waternews. Gaul, this is yeah, this is Mr. Waternews. Uh <laughs> Gaul, you know, was found by the consul and essentially raised by him um out in exile before uh going to the Colosseum and kind of making a name for himself, uh Gaul that is. Um, so in a lot of ways, uh, Callus blames the console for everything that's happened and especially for how Gaul, you know, came to, to be a traitor. Um, so his description of the console is this. How small a man must be to seek greatness in the shadow of others. How pitiful the man who raises up a great soul and cowers behind it. I will not dignify this leech with a name. Think of him as a roach, a roach who scurried out from the ruin of the old Praetoriate. He had grown fat on the scraps they fed him, the wealth and influence and favor, and when I took his scraps away to enrich my throne and inspire my people, he wanted them back. Like any roach, this consul has a low cunning. He found the perfect vessel to carry his poison. A lonely, crippled orphan child. Into that child he poured his jealousy, his cruelty, and his desire to see the great brought low. Imagine his venomous whispers. Look at how happy they are. Look at how they revel and thrive while we crack our hides in the filth and pine for days of fear and gunfire. Had the child only escaped him, had little Gaul only crawled off the heap where he was found, so much might have been saved. 
How terrible the man who sees an orphan as a hollow weapon and who loads that orphan with the munitions of his revenge. How pathetic the man who wishes only to be a fat parasite again. The vile console must die, and I sentence him to death by his own weapons. Yeah, he, he don't like him. Cal, no, cows don't like this guy. <laughs> he, he don't uh, like him. He, no, nope, not one bit. He blames him for everything, really. Um, you know, the I others mean, are co-conspirators, it, it, sure, but right. it all started with with the console. I mean, and you think about it, like he's it, it, in his logic, he's he's kind of not wrong, right? Like he exiled oh, yeah, this guy, yeah. like he cut his balls off, exiled him in a sea of white sand. Like, I mean, like the 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 he Callus was done with this guy, and he was convinced that this guy was dead. And then to to know that this is the one that found the, you know, orphaned albino runt gall, and then like, I mean, he has nothing but hate and 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 ill feel ill feelings and ill tidings to pour into this this weapon, you know, like to to weaponize mm-hmm. gall like that, like that's, yeah, I mean that's. He basically he he just needed someone, and and to have, and 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 how how kind of poetic justice is that right? Like, Cabal are all about you know the biggest the baddest. Like Gaul was literally thrown away in the trash. Like, you right. know he, he's a runt. He's an albino. He's he's garbage. And to have that as your downfall, have that as your as as the you know the the ultimate usurper. Like that's. I, that's poetic justice, if I ever heard it. Mm-hmm. So the last co-conspirator here is Gaul himself. Uh, and this this is where we get some description of the hive uh, as well. So this is, is what Callus had to say about Gaul the Dominus. At last, the Ark Trader. Let me tell you a story from the Oxa machine. Once upon a time, a small people lived on a dangerous world. By nature, they were petty and fearful, but they strove to be better, and together they overcame their fear. Unto these people came a king, who said, We are surrounded by enemies. We are weak and frail, but I have an answer. Eat these larvae, my people, and with their strength we will rise up. Whenever anyone protested the king, the king said, Are you working with our enemies? No? Then why are you afraid of our strength? Thus the king led the great people into a slavery of their fear. Gaul will do the same. The Praetoriate chose Gaul to overthrow me, but they could not master him, for he had a fearsome strength. They tried to control him, to temper and delay his coup. Now he drags them forward by their own reins. Anyone can be great, Gaul says, if they work their hardest. But what he means is no one can be great, except in the way I approve. He says, I was born to luxury and corruption. 
I say he was made only to fear and hate. Whose universe would you choose to live in, I ask you? Gaul's miserable slog? Gaul's age of closed fist? Or my world of plenty and delight? Do not mistake my joy for weakness. I fight to make a haven in a bloody cosmos. Gaul fights so that he can keep fighting forever. He has refused the title emperor, although some of his soldiers call him so. He says there will be no more emperors. I am the last emperor, the epitome of the true cabal. The Dominus must die. And to the one who kills Gaul, I will offer an audience before my throne. Holy cow. Dude, he's like... I'm starting to really think that thing was an Ahem Carbone. I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Like, the level of backstabbery that's happening here. Like, this, this, is, this, is on the, this, this would be on the level of, of, of Ahem Car magic. For, for Kallus to have risen as high as he has, and then to have this level of, like, yeah, no, fuck that guy. We're killing him across so many different people. Yeah, I I mm-hmm. I think that thing wasn't on Carbone. Yeah, and it, it's interesting to see a couple of different parallels here. So so outside of uh you know the the um chief of festivals and and whatnot, um we have we have kind of this uh recurring pattern. So you have uh, Umanarath, who was of the warring uh, mindset, who then, in Callus's eyes, kind of corrupted his daughter to also be of the warring mindset. You have the consul, who came from the old Praetoriate, which was during the, the militaristic age of the Cabal, who has, in Callus's eyes, corrupted Gaul to be of the militaristic mindset as well. So it's this recurring pattern of like the old guard of the cabal are uh, corrupting this newer generation into reverting things back to how they were. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. So these are the the conspirators, the uh, members that carried out this coup d'état against Callus. Um, and we can see how some of that actually happened from the Leviathan raid weapon entitled Midnight Coup. And its lore card goes as such. The conspirators came late in the night, skulking into my court while we caroused. Gaul himself led the coup, and it was by his own red legion that we were arrested. Imagine my surprise to see the consul stride into my court so puffed up with pride. He took cheap pleasure in hurling spittle in my face. We were frog marched to the Leviathan under cover of darkness. There was to be no execution. Gaul and the consul feared the mob. They knew how tenuous their grip on power would be, and how the people adored their god-emperor. Gaul dared not look me in the eye. What was the emotion on his face? Was it shame? 
how could he bear such hate for one who had been as a father to him? We were sealed inside the Leviathan and ejected into the furthest reaches of space, left to the same fate I had determined for the consul so long ago. We were left to die. So I think this is the first mention of the Leviathan uh, in yep. the lore. And we have mentioned before Leviathan was a raid. Um, however, a lot more than that. I don't know that we've ever described what the Leviathan actually is. Um, I was going to say, do you, do you want to take a, a, a second here to kind of like yeah, dive into what so, the hell the Leviathan is? The Leviathan is, at, at the most you know, simple explanation, a absolutely enormous ship. Well, it has a, I was going to say, it has an opening in the front of it as the intake for it. And that intake is able to swallow, you know, Nessus. Literally eats planets. Yeah. Uh, as its fuel. Which is um, interesting, because, like, uh, when, when, when you first... The, the very first time I ever saw it in game, I always thought it was a creature. But it's, it's, it's absolutely a ship with a city on, on top of it. Yeah. A city um, made of gold. It it's a gilded, yeah. It's a gilded city on top of this giant spaceship that literally eats planets for fuel. Um, and something that's interesting. So it's implied that the uh, Leviathan ship itself was built by Callus during his his time as emperor, during his reign as emperor. Um. For what purpose? And unsure whether it was meant to be a warship or it's just a, a show of opulence. That's that's uh, what I've always been curious about. It because the 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 very first time that we as Destiny players got to mess around with it, it had uh, it had four essentially four encounters, um, three encounters and then a boss fight. Uh, and one of the encounters was called Baths. And you're literally killing these bathers, so it made me think of like this, like, like the like the hot tub scene, right? Like, these are literal like, we're we're hosting a feast, and we are feasting on the you know grow fat and and be awesome, and yeah. So I I I don't know. Yeah. So um. I'm, I've got some additional information about the Leviathan that is outside of what's in-game. Okay. Uh, so, according to one of the Bungie artists um, who worked on the Leviathan, uh, th- this artist in particular is the name of uh, Dorje Bellbrook. Hopefully I have that name correct, uh, or I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, but in their their concept art that they've released on ArtStation of the Leviathan, it's described as being modeled after uh, one of the land whales of the Cabal homeworld. So when they're talking about whale kayaking, <laughs> oh it, shit, <laughs> they may have literally been the size of the they Leviathan. We're literally riding whales as kayaks. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
All right. Well, now that's that's my new petition. I want whale kayaking. There you go. We forget SRL. We need whale kayaking. Yep. Damn it. I want whale kayaking in the game now. <laughs> but so so for it to be modeled after that doesn't necessarily mean like that was the actual size of that's one of true, the whales yeah. on their home planet, right? Like this was just yep. built in the likeness of with because I mean like it it is freaking huge. Like it, it there's an entire uh, prison. At the center of it, with with a with a giant freaking vex in it. Well, I don't. That's not that area is not meant to be a prison, from my understanding. Um, oh. it's essentially the Leviathan in the course of eating Nessus uh, sucked up <laughs> <Accidentally> a vex <laughs> along with everything else. <laughs> Um, I mean that's that's absolutely feasible, right? Like this the this thing is huge. But then like so yeah, so okay. This this is where this is where like I'm gonna I'm gonna dive a lot into the in-game stuff for the Leviathan. Like, okay. So let's 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 start with the 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 intro portion of it. When and and again, for those of you that never got to experience this in game, I am so sorry. Because this, I, I, I absolutely loved this raid. This was, this was a fantastic uh, raid, and then the two raid layers that came with it. I, I, I had always envisioned them as making it as one continuous raid, like you know, the, the size of like the size and length of of Last Wish or something like, like just this, this long slog through encounters and going through the underbelly and stuff like that. So when you first land on it. Uh, uh, you walk this path up, and and there's there's cabal out front, and as long as you don't shoot them, they 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 welcome you. They're like, yes, come, you know, like ba- bathe in our greatness, like be be, you know. Well, be and I think thing. that goes back to Callus's uh bounty on Gaul, because we you can only access the Leviathan after, you know, as far as the canon- canonical timeline, the Leviathan only becomes available in our solar system. It, it arrives after we have already killed Gaul. Right. And he says, to the one who kills Gaul, I offer an audience before my throne. Oh, shit. That, that's what he's doing. We literally, we, holy shit. I never put that together. That's fucking brilliant. That's yeah. odd. He literally grants us exactly. He he. Wow. Maybe. maybe hashtag maybe Callus not so bad. <laughs> well, let's 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 maybe reevaluate <laughs> let's that when we get to the end like... of this uh, this series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's like that's like looking at like nineteen eighteen Hitler and going, oh yeah, no, he's he's all right. Give give him twenty or thirty years. It's. It's not a good yeah, picture. It's, it's not, not a good thing. Not great. It's not great. Uh, so yeah, no. But uh, so the first area in this uh, Leviathan is it starts with a C, and I'm gonna butcher the name of it. It's like it's like a like a Car- Calabellum Car- Carabellum. I don't even remember the name of it. This is so bad. Uh, Castellum. Um, that thing. What is that? What it, what what was the purpose of that? And and why why did we have to fight through that? So, uh, going back to the Roman influences, a castellum, 
I is a small Roman fortlet or tower. I often use as a watchtower or signal station. So uh, the encounter in the Castellum is literally us signaling via flags the area of the Leviathan that we are going to explore next. It's signaling to open those doors, essentially, and prove that we are worthy to, to do so. Right. So, the, so from there, uh, you get one of three encounters that, that rotated weekly, um, which I still think that's, that, that was one of the coolest ways to do a raid, um, how, 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 the, how you explored it in the underbelly and all that. Uh, one of the encounters was, uh, it was called Dogs. Uh, and it was a room filled with these plants uh, that could be shot by a weapon, um, and and it would give it would essentially it would give a buff to everyone that was around it that was holding a seed, um, and then when you got so much so high on this buff, you were able to do exponential damage to these dogs that were in there. What was the whole? Like as far as lore wise, what what was that room and and why were those dogs there? So that room was uh, referred to as the Pleasure Gardens, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, as far as why there were dogs there, I think because video game, because uh, they they yeah, needed no, that... an encounter, a combat encounter. Absolutely. Uh, but the the um, I think the intention of that room was like. Callus is trying to grow a garden of sure. you know he Callus is still very much in the mindset of like revelry and uh you know have a celebration of everything in the universe because it's all going to end uh and I think the the pleasure gardens were his attempt at like you just want to take a stroll through nature every Makes now the most and then beautiful and place he's going to make a space for that yeah, I like that. I like that. And why not have a few puppies to to pet while you're there? Right. Yeah. Why not have some or, more bees trying to tear your face off? Yeah, or tear your face. Whatever. It's same thing. Same thing. The same thing for the cabal. Uh oh, that's why they don't have lips. <laughs> sure. I mean sure. that is that is now why they don't have lips. Yeah. Uh okay. So that was one of the rooms. Uh, another one of the rooms uh, that I mentioned was the baths, and I I definitely feel like that was that's that's very self-explanatory there. That's very much the, you know, the Roman, you know, this is the bathhouse, bathe in 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 glory. But uh, but the the liquid that they're bathing in, it's poisonous to us. It is. Um, I don't. I think there's there's a little extra to the royal pools, the bathhouse. Um, that maybe isn't, uh, isn't as well known. Um, if I recall correctly, the bathhouse is also is in truth a cloning chamber. Yeah. Um. So the bathers that you fight that come out of these these baths these bat baths, um. They they are literally being born before your eyes. They are literally being cloned before your eyes, rising out of the waters that uh, allow for that process, 
and uh, immediately attacking us. <laughs> yep. And um, and so that's I think that's very important to remember that 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 right there the whole fact that that is a cloning facility in the baths is going to play mm-hmm. a huge role uh, later on uh, in multiple uh, points in in Cabal history. Well, Cabal Cabal huge future from this point, but history for us. Um, yeah. So, the, uh, so and that was bad. Just to provide a to provide a source there, uh, it's the Shadows Plate, which is legendary chest armor from, um, I believe, Crown of Sorrow raid. Uh, talks about the fact that those those bathers are are literally being born in that encounter. Yep. Uh, so then the the third encounter we have uh, was always referred to as Gauntlet, uh, because you're literally like running a gauntlet, like it's. Mm-hmm. It, I, th- it was my very first that 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 encounter was my very first raid encounter, uh, in D two, um, and it it was it was amazing mechanically. I was like, oh my god, they, they've this is this isn't just like stand on spot, kill boss, wait till boss not immune no more, kill boss now. It was very much like you had coordination. You had you were carrying these orbs through uh through this outer ring and you had to pick the right you know you, you had to tell the the guys on the inside of the ring hey open open this door for me and then you go through that door and that like prevents you from being unmade from time because of the scions right like that's or, or I, I guess what's what are there are scions in there that that you had to kill um and and are they like trying? Is it like Vex, where they're trying to unmake you from time, or is it more of like they're just going to overload your brain with psychic energy and just make your head go? Boop? Yeah, I don't remember the exact text that's used in the raid for when their their wipe mechanic goes off. Um, I don't believe there's anything to indicate that it's it's a Vex like wiping of reality or, or wiping from a timeline. Um, that is very Vex only, as far as I yeah. know, and even then. Yeah. Vex can only do that process within one of their own constructs, such as yep. the Vault of Glass. Um, I think the Scions are just like it's psychic annihilation for for okay. their white mechanic. Sure. sure, I can I can I can get on board with that. Um, and then and then the the final encounter um is Callus Asterix. Yeah. Um. Is Callus and say I'm not gonna go over kind of the twist at the end of the raid with Callus because that's gonna come up later. That's uh, but we'll just say that even though you fight Callus at the end of the Leviathan raid, he is not killed when when that fight concludes. Um, Callus and Callus he and remains. Astrid. Yeah, Callus Asterix. Uh, and he remains. Uh, clearly throughout the game um because we're still hearing about him now in the the vox obscura mission um but also plays a significant part at least in uh as a as a narrator or or as a um someone that's communicating with us for a lot of content after the the original leviathan raid yep um but so now now that you kind of have an an understanding of what the leviathan the ship was and just how hopefully how massive it was and how much it contained um because it contained two additional smaller raids and the entirety of the menagerie uh in yeah. addition to the raid we just talked about 
and uh, and another raid and, and another raid um yeah yeah almost forgot about crown didn't you well that that was the two that i was talking about oh i was uh, i thought that you meant the like raid layers the two oh so you're just counting the raid layers as a single ra- i get it that's fine they're not good enough to be individual raids by themselves they're just lumped this... into a single thing and I meant then, two in addition to what we had already talked about, which would have been both of them. But regardless, oh, well, then be that way. Uh, I will. Um, <laughs> as far as the Cabal history portion, uh, they have the 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 conspirators of the coup have shuffled Callus and his whatever supporters he had in the the palace um, into this Leviathan ship, and they have set it on a course out to the just essentially pick a destination and never stop um as a, a galactic form of exile. Yeah. Uh and Callus doesn't he's stuck. He's just stuck drifting across space in the Leviathan um until something happens. And this comes to us from a Leviathan raid weapon titled It Stared Back. And it goes that, as such. I think that might have been one of my first raid weapons, too. It was a good one. I, uh, I ran around that with that one. For, anyway. Anyway, it says, The Leviathan came to a halt before a wall of infinite void. It could go no further as the navigation system had suffered a cataclysmic failure. The course that the conspirators had set crossed a space that simply didn't exist. I don't know how long we traveled. Years? Millennia? Time had ceased to have meaning as I wallowed in the despair of my exile. But this event shook me out of my stupor. At the edge of the universe, we had found something. No, we had found a nothing. From the seat of my observation chamber, I stared into the perfect void. And only I, a god, could understand what I witnessed. It was a thing greater than myself. And if such a thing exists, then I too can become more. At the edge of the universe, I stared into the infinite deep. It stared back and was pleased. I would become the herald of its victory and bear witness for all creation. So that's... So there's a few things to unpack here. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, so the first one... It drifted for a long ass time, like so long that that Callus mm-hmm. just gave up on counting time, and that's. <sighs> <laughs> I, I I think that's important to state how much time, because oh, yeah. that kind of gives you reason as to why the twist at the end of the raid happens. And it's it's unclear what the resources aboard the Leviathan were for the people that were exiled on it. Uh, I doubt that the the conspirators like checked it for supplies. Were like, okay, do they have enough for a couple hundred years? Yeah, all right, cool. 
Um, <laughs> As you would do with your exiles, right? Like, oh, right, okay, yeah. yeah. We just uh, we just completely uh, overthrew the entire government. Um, we've got the president. Uh, sorry, emperor. Whatever. Uh, we've got all of his conspirators, which is oh, couple hundred thousand. Uh, oh, oh, couple hundred million. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, no. So we've got you know maybe about eighty percent of the cabal race. Um, yeah, let's make sure they got food and stuff so they can survive this. Uh, this. Uh, what are we calling this again? Exile. Oh, so it, it's not like a pleasure cruise or anything. Like what? It, 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 I mean, it sounds like it'd be a pleasure cruise, but we're exiling them. So then, why do we care that it has food? Oh, okay. Yeah. So we want. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. So I perhaps the cabal don't need food and water in the traditional, you know, in the way that we we think about it. Um, or maybe they need very little compared to. to I what, mean, those are just you know, those are just logistical. What, what do they <laughs> yeah. call it? <laughs> just logistic support. Um, yeah, that's all that is. That's just logistical support. Is water and food? You know the the other option is that the it's mentioned um in in a number of lore cards that the leviathan ship when it grinds up a planet it turns it into uh wine or i think they refer to it as like nectar of the gods or something along those lines yeah uh perhaps that is is what it's been doing for however you know these years or millennia it was traveling at this time any planet it happened to come across it just gobbled up and turned into this wine that apparently can sustain the cabal. Um, yeah. So maybe that's where those resources came from. So, so if we break this in, if, if we kind of looked at this from a scientific standpoint, we could say that, you know, as it's, as it's coming across these planets, it's breaking down every type of, because again, we're making an assumption that the cabal are a carbon based life form and therefore need carbon to sustain themselves as humans yeah. do. Yeah. Um, it's breaking everything down into whatever base nutrients the cabal need to live in, in, in the form of this nectar of the gods or wine or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's, it's basically like a, like, you know, biofuel is essentially what we're looking at here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, so regardless of how, they survived long enough to reach this this edge of the universe uh, where they're just staring out into nothingness. And Callus, being his egocentrical self, says, you know, only I, as a god, could understand what I was looking at. Um, but what did happen in some, some way is he made contact with who we now I, I believe with who we now know as the witness. Um bum, bum, be, that, bum, 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 bum. be that a direct contact and he actually saw the witness or be it a like you know he had uh you know some some kind of intermediary, you know, uh spoke to him or or the witness spoke to him through an artifact or through a pyramid ship or something like that. But regardless, he made contact with uh, the dark, the the witness, and either was told or decided for himself that, you know, this is the thing that will end the universe, and I am to be the one that heralds its coming to the rest of 
creation. Uh, that's a, that's kind of a. I mean, he's got some balls to kind of as, assume that the balls right? on this cabal. Yeah. Uh, so as a Callus takes this job very seriously, he he decides like, yep, I'm gonna tell everybody in existence that you know this this end is coming, and you should all you know a- aligning with his original goals of revelry and uh you know, merrymaking, uh, you should all just forget fighting and forget, you know, all of those, those martial, uh, activities because you're all going to die anyway. So you might as well enjoy the ride. Uh, lay back and suck it. No, that's, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, he's like, I mean, so I, I think of it as, 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 I mean, to to me it's it's he looked into this void and i i have okay so i have i have a lot here that i'm going to piece together um mm-hmm. and a lot of it's going to involve things that we haven't discussed yet so i don't know if i should talk about it all right now but i i like the theory that he looked into the void and and went insane and 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 so so that's another that's another thing like we keep we keep saying hey remember these thoughts for later this is another mm-hmm. thought that we need to remember for later of he yes. got to the void he's he he said he he as at you know self-proclaimed god was like i can interpret this and then again like the way you put it whether it was told to him or whether he just decided or whatever he turned around and did something. Yes. Um, the other important thing to, to note here is that the ship, the Leviathan, which previously he had no control over, he now has control over again uh, by nature of this cataclysmic uh, navigation failure that was, you know, the, the navigation was locked by um the his conspirators to exile him and now he has control of the leviathan once more and I, after I think he's it's just gained the control the the system because it talks about how like the system like came across this and it just stopped like it didn't know what to do yep. with this empty space i think of it as like it's a computer right so it comes across this and goes uh divide by zero yeah uh, error it out nope nope can't do that can't do that at all and so then it Sense just fault, keeps erroring out until <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it just keeps erroring out until finally it just resets it's like okay fuck it fuck it reset reset we'll start over from scratch and then with the reset it's like oh hey nobody nobody's told you know with the reset that yeah. removes all you know i mean we're you talking like factory reset yeah we're talking factory reset we're talking like you know dunks your iphone in water sucks to suck factory reset <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Callus now has control of the Leviathan again, and what he does with it after you know learning this new knowledge or or this new purpose is go forth and explore the universe. Uh, and we have a little snippet from the uh the Destiny Two Collector's Edition. Uh, lore booklet again. 
And he, he describes it like this. In my exile, I have plumbed the secret places of the cosmos. Even my grand cabal is only a single tooth in the great jaws of time. The universe is strange beyond reckoning and dangerous beyond courage. I have voyaged beyond the edge of reason into the dominion of cold screams. I have seen our future written in the ruins of ancient fortress worlds. I have gathered up the moon-sized bones that tumble on the precipice of ancient singularities, and I have tossed them to scry our fate. So needless to say, Callus has been around some places. Slightly. Um, now we can that's, maybe that's infer... An that's an interesting thought there, of, of the, I have seen our future scrawled on the ancient ruins like it like ancient fortress world so there, there's actually uh we could theorize a little bit about what some of these places might be uh so the, there's no direct evidence for any of this but um voyaged beyond the edge of reason into the dominion of cold screams the the easiest reference there to make is the sea of screams in the ascendant plane absolutely Absolutely, see uh, screams. So you know, Callus has apparently been to the there. ascendant plane, right? Yeah. Um, apparently, I, a reset I have on seen your nav system also gives you access <laughs> to opening ascendant portals. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, there's this new We're button here I've never pressed before. What does that do? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just the darkness is like it's the witness's face, and then like you press it, it just like all sorts of face buttons come out of it. And it's like, oh shit. Oh God, what did I do? And there just forms this portal and you just go through and now you're in the Senate plane. You're like, what the fuck was that? Oh. Turns out Callus was just super high, just beyond. <laughs> he did all, and he, the whole time he's literally just sitting in his chair, just fedged out. Like, yeah, no, he didn't actually press a button. No. Uh, That's the, canon that, out of my head. There you go. Um, the line you brought up, the CNR future written in the ruins of ancient fortress worlds. Uh, when I hear ancient fortress world, the, the thing that comes to mind for me as a possibility would be a hive war moon. Because those are literally moons carved into hive fortresses, hive yeah. you know, battleships. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that could perhaps be what he's referring to there. Well, and I'm curious uh, if it's if it's Vex, since Vex can Vex exist, as well, yeah, right. Yeah. Like he's able to see his future inscrolled in their past because for the Vex, time is just a number. Like they, it's it's not a, it, it doesn't govern anything for them, other now than the, you know, forward forward movement or, or reverse movement. But it's not, right. It's yeah. not movement though. It's not. They can't time travel. It's very. This is not a Vex episode. This is a Callus episode. episode. No, this is a Cabal yeah. episode. <laughs> so I'm gonna think that I I like the idea that 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 first one is. But the moons, the moons on the edge of singularities, absolutely. Those are. That's that's those got to be high fortresses. Those got to be high well, warship no, no, no. cities. So so listen again. I have gathered up the moon-sized bones that tumble on the precipice of ancient singularities, and I have tossed them to scry our fate. Oh, so not shit. literal moons, 
bones the size of moons. And are we talking uh, like scrimshaws? Like, is that what he's doing in these bones? Is like, 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 you know, what I'm talking about a scrimshaw, right? Uh. So scrimshaw is the like the scroll work or the engraving of bones. Um, right. I'm seeing this more as a maybe he's just being flowery here with his his presentation. Oh, but sure, sure. In sure. in my mind, I'm seeing like a, a a Norse soothsayer who's tossing bone, you know, tossing bones to predict the future. Oh. Interesting. No. I didn't think of it that way. I I was think I was think like my second thought there was like like he's he's scrimshaw on it or like like he's he's literally like carving you know his past deeds into these bones the size of moons mm. and tossing them out to think. But I like that idea too. That like you know he's tossing like tossing bones like I'm I'm rolling dice like I'm 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 trying yeah. to see the future. I'm trying to. That's interesting. He really did. And... He he went nuts. <laughs> So if if we were to take what he said though at face value and not just flowery bullshit, uh, <laughs> the only you know, thing Callus was never about flowery bullshit, <laughs> right? Yeah, the only thing that we have heard about in previous lore, as far as I can recall, that would be moon-sized bones potentially that was able to traverse through space was the Leviathan of Fundament. Yep. So that I it's it's starting to make eh? sense. It's it's to me, I'm starting to think that like these Leviathans are not just one off entities. Like the fact that they call this ship the Leviathan. I'm I'm thinking that there these Leviathan are space creatures that are huge because if anyone needs a reference in game uh when you go into the valid disciple raid or if you go into the 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 mission what's the what's the the weekly mission oh, I can't uh, preservation i think yes yes yeah. when you get to that when you get inside the pyramid ship and you get to the main room with all the little chambers in it that big white bone sitting up top that's a rib from the from a leviathan mm-hmm. so i mean that's that's fucking huge like i mean we would we would be like blood cells compared to compared to these bones like the, the, like we are tiny compared to a leviathan so yeah i maybe maybe this leviathan maybe the, maybe this really is it may, not just made in the likeness of a leviathan as far as like make it made to look like it's also to scale so maybe another fun thing regarding the the leviathan ship um is that callus i'm I'm trying to find exactly where this comes from but callus actually describes the leviathan itself uh so we have the description or or at least the the information from the artist that that penned the concept art for the leviathan saying that it was based off of a land whale from torbottle from the cabal homeworld um Whale but kayak, that doesn't necessarily not land well. <laughs> yeah, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the in-game explanation for the Leviathan. That could have just been the inspiration during the design process. Uh, sure. So 
a, a fun little bit here from Callus is he has a statement saying, this Leviathan, this prison ship, I will remake it as I have been remade. No longer will it represent a mythical beast from the dreams of worms. It will serve as an icon for my newfound gluttony. Dude, this is... This so is, he describes this is a it as a mythical beast from the dreams of worms. I, I think maybe that points to, yes, that this is made in the likeness of the Leviathan. And, and that there is not just the Leviathan, this is just a Leviathan. As in, there are more of these things out in the universe. Maybe. Not we don't ship. have any not anything ship. Mythic, to, to... mythical beast that that the sisters rode the needle ship to and waved, and he was like, "No, don't do it," because you know Rulk stole my rib earlier. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and even Callus says uh, it will no longer represent a mythical beast from the dreams of worms. That that could be seen as either a beast of many or a as in like the only one they ever saw. Right. And had nightmares right. about, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely, because that's that was their prison guard, like, it, right. That like the the more we've learned about the the hive recently with the with this is not a hive episode. Anyway, <laughs> the more we've learned about the hive recently with the with with all of the witch queen stuff, uh, the leviathan was very much a prison guard to the worms, mm-hmm. and and yeah. So yeah, I, so, I I I think that all of this points to the the Leviathan raid or the Leviathan ship being a Leviathan, being the mythical being, beast, the Leviathan of fun. Not I not, don't think not being the mythical beast, but being right. designed after. Yeah, right. That it it is it is not the Leviathan of fundament, but it is highly highly designed after, um, no. and possibly in size, like possibly to scale. Yeah, is what I'm starting to think now. That would I I kind of think so too. Um, that would make a lot of sense. I mean, if we think of how of how big Fundament was to hold the Leviathan halfway down to the to the worms, I mean, who's to say Torbottle wasn't that big? Right. Yeah. You know. So yeah. Um. So I'm going to. I've got a couple other entries here that I want to read. Uh, we we may trying to figure out where how long I want this one to go. Uh, just because I have I have enough information to go for for some time yet. But uh, I I think we've been sticking to a good time frame and and we're gonna try to continue to do so. Um, okay. So, yeah. Well, let's 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 read a couple of these and 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 see where this takes us. Because we got yeah. we got a little so, bit of time left. The the other, as Callus is exploring the universe, uh, this is where he is taking up what he is calling shadows, um, who are typically the last of a species, uh, or the greatest of a species, and he's using these shadows as his own kind of personal, um, like strike force, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, to accomplish I'm, I'm use another his word to specific them. revenge and and goals. So what, what's I'm the other word you would them, use? I would call them disciples. 
Uh, ah. So we, we, we've talked about that, uh, I think, in our episode with Rulk, where we talked about Rulk. But yeah, it again, if Callus talked to the witness uh, directly or, or in enough of a way for him to know that the witness had this like disciple hierarchy, uh, it seems really, really coincidental that Callus would be copying that with his shadows. Uh, that's what, so I, like, I that's think where, there was a conversation there. It's, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause like on the one hand, ev- anyone that's, that's talked to the witness directly, it, 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 you know, the witness takes on whatever pleasing form it is for the, for the, for the person talking to it. And, and it's interesting to think of like, you know, does, does can the witness just drive someone insane because uh, by standing in front of them, and and we've looked at that, and that's I'm I'm curious if that was part of it, if 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 it was just you know Callus just went insane by standing in front of the witness, or if he really did stand in front of the witness and he really did have a conversation, and the witness was like, hey, this is my plan for the end of the universe, I'm gonna create one of everything. Or sorry, I'm gonna whittle it down to one of everything, or or whatever the strongest is of whatever. It and if it doesn't survive, then screw it. I don't even care. And then at the end of the universe, I'm gonna have all these one of one of everything just have it out with each other, and then let the universe end with with a single being. Because that's we and we talked about that with the with the darkness. Like that is the darkness's mm-hmm. ultimate goal is to is to set the flower game back to. This is not a darkness episode. I am really bad at tangenting tonight. <laughs> uh but if but if that's his if that's his philosophy and that's his idea he could have easily shared this with Callus and if Callus thought thought himself godlike and think oh well this is what a god does this is how a god operates i must do oh, the yeah. same to to mirror this and and but then to just call it a shadow right like the to be the last of whatever yeah no that's a i'm start i this man this is so Huh. This could go either way. Like he could have just gone insane, but to have as many similarities as he had, he had to have talked to him. Right. Like it, it feels so close that like he had he had to have had some Something. notion of what what the witness's plans were, or at least how the witness um you know was was enacting its plans and, and picking disciples and such. Either uh, whispers too, too or direct contact. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. so regardless, Callus, in his explorations, finds these shadows, uh, and he uses them to carry out uh, certain goals, usually enacting revenge um, against some of the co-conspirators or, or against some of the conspirators that led to his exile. So as much as he is, oh, I'm a herald of the end of the universe and blah, 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 blah. He is still very much holding a vendetta against these people and it's, using it's resources kind of <laughs> to kill them. Yeah, <laughs> as um, an exiled emperor does, right? Like, was, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the first we actually have some we have stories of who these first shadows were and what they did under Callus's direction. Uh. And these all come from the different armor sets that are acquired in the Leviathan raid. So the first is from the Titan set, uh, the armor of rule. And uh, as as the name suggests, 
Rule is the name of one of Callus's shadows. And specifically, uh, Rule comes from a race called the Clips. So I'm going to read pretty much his whole story, I think, will be the easiest route, and then we can talk about it after it's finished. Sure. So, the Clips had only celebrated their first century of global peace when the cataclysm struck. A flash of interstellar gamma radiation killed every living thing in their western hemisphere poisoned the atmosphere, and destroyed all technological civilization. As the surviving clips clawed back to the subsistence cave farming, they met new horror. The radiation had burnt a mysterious signal into the comets and asteroids of their system, and as this debris rained down on their world, it seeded hideous alien life. Millennia later, they had become a civilization that knew only war, a culture that revered the gun, batteries of planetary defense weapons holding back an endless poison skyfall. The moon, Kaga Clips, bristled with interceptors, ready to fend off any threat. And yet, they were no match for the Leviathan. The greatest warriors of the Clips lay dead. They formed a bloody trail through the Leviathan. Only Rule had lived to see the throne room. Callus calmly sipped his wine and considered Rule from the height of his golden seat. Are you hungry? he asked. Rule stared, dumbfounded, bleeding and exhausted. He didn't know what to make of a creature that would casually offer sustenance and slaughter in equal measure. I offer you a warrior's paradise rule of the eclipse. Join me and be counted among the lucky few that might see the end of this world. What could rule do but accept? Rule gathered his cloak around him tightly as he pushed his way through the teeming marketplace. All around him, Cabal stumbled and pushed their way towards the celebration. No one seemed to question his identity as a foreign merchant, but his heart still raced. Rule thought about the mission that Emperor Callus had given him. I'm sending you to the Cabal homeworld, Rule. There's a celebration, and you are to be a bearer of my gifts, the finest wines and spirits the universe has to offer. Rule was disappointed. He wanted to bring down great beasts, not assassinate old cabal aristocrats. Oh, Rule, don't fret. I promised you a warrior's paradise, and you shall have it. The gifts will buy you access to some of my former friends. I haven't spoken to them in some time, and, well, I'd like them to know I haven't forgotten them. He arrived at the estate of Iskal, former friend and confidant of the exiled Emperor Callus. It took surprisingly little to convince the guards to grant him entrance. The Cabal must truly be crazy for the wine he offered as a gift. 
It was a day of celebration, after all. Who knows how deep into their cups these guards were. Once, in, once inside, he spotted his mark. Rule wasted no time. He removed the sheath from the end of his staff to reveal a spear tip. Iskal fell backwards and attempted to crawl away as his guards were skewered. Rule grabbed a cask of wine and pounced on the terrified creature, pouring it down his throat. Iskal choked and sputtered and flailed helplessly. Rule delivered his message as promised. Emperor Callus has not forgotten you. Rule didn't stop pouring the wine until Iskul went limp. Rule was covered in the sticky black and violet of Cabal blood and wine. He dropped Iskal's body to the floor. Just then, Molly the Celebrant entered the courtyard. When Rule realized his second target had carelessly walked alone into a secluded space in the midst of a massive celebration, he thought, Perhaps this is the warrior's paradise that Emperor Callus promised. Rule activated his staff's secondary configuration and fired a harpoon into Molly's exposed flank. The barbs pierced deep, and the giant beast of a cabal let out a monstrous howl. Blind with pain, he began to run, dragging Rule behind him like a harpooned whale dragging a ship. The honored celebrant Molly ran through the streets of the cabal homeworld on celebration day, howling in agony and dragging Rule behind. It was such a spectacle that no one was sure exactly what was happening or what to do about it. Molly ran all the way to Dominus Gaul's ceremony and right up the steps before collapsing at his lord's feet. Rule realized now that he faced a choice, try to escape or finish the job. Rule yanked out the harpoon before shoving it through Molly's neck. He had just enough time to pull off his helmet and smile in Gaul's face before he was killed. Truly, Emperor Callus had delivered a warrior's paradise. Thus ends the story of Rule. Holy shit. And... He, so he, he could have possibly gotten away with literally killing the entire coup. Like, uh, every, every member of the, of the, of the coup. Like, to 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 so it's to to me it sounds like all these guys are literally like just drunk off their asses, and whatever this wine is 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 awesome. Uh, and he <laughs> yeah. kills kills the first guy by drowning him to death in his own wine. And like, hey, mm -hmm. guess what? Callus says, "What's up?" He dies. Molly walks in. Hey, man, did you? Oh, who are you? <laughs> Boom! Harpoon in the leg. Ah, motherfucker and runs off naked through the streets i'm, I'm gonna say naked through the streets because that'd be hilarious right this naked cabal just <laughs> running through the streets everyone's drunk off their ass with this guy attached to the end of the hook and everyone's just like what the fuck was that it, it's like it's like the mardi gras thing right like you see a chicken with like like a, a guy naked with a chicken head riding a horse and you're just like what the fuck was that and you you don't but you're so drunk you don't even care so that happened. Runs straight to Dominus Gaul's door, 
drops dead on the doorstep, and the guy and the guy being dragged behind it is like, oh, well, shit. Okay, picks it, you know, yanks his spear out of this thing, shoves it in his neck, takes his hat off, and starts smiling at everyone like, ha 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 ha. What the fuck is happening? Then gets killed. Then just gets shot to death. Right? Like everyone pounces on him and kills him. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think celebration he had continues. Any, uh, I don't think he had any idea that he was going to survive like he no. he had the choice no. of run or finish the job um and so but you know rule is is a shadow of the clips uh and callus has used him to carry out an assassination on uh molly the co-conspirator as well as uh iskal who we mentioned in our previous episode who was not a conspirator, but Callus kind of considered him again in the same offense that Molly had of like not defending him. So that made yeah. him guilty. So two of the people on Callus's list were killed by Rule. Uh, and if we remember when Callus was talking about Molly, he says, Molly must die. Let his death come on a day that he himself invented. And it's this is celebration day. Is, yeah. is what's referred to in, in the cards of rule. So he has killed Molly on a day, on a holiday that Molly invented. Boom. So Mike. another shadow that we, is worth talking about is the Ace Defiant. Uh, and this comes to us from the Hunter armor of the Leviathan Raid. Uh, and the Ace Defiant is a shadow of yet another race. In this case, the Sindhu. And their story is this. When his eyes finally opened, Jairus was staring at a fuzzy silhouette of something giant. The giant spoke. Welcome home. It rumbled. Jairus blinked rapidly. The room began to come into focus, shining like a temple. The giant spoke again. My child, there is nothing to fear. I have rescued you. Welcome to my empire. The feeling returned to Jairus's limbs. He was restrained, and this creature now towered over him. He was staring into the face of death. Fear not, my warrior to be. Jairus blinked slowly. What about the other pilots, his battalion? Did they escape? You, the last star pilot of the Sindhu, will be my ace defiant. It was not a choice. With a flourish, Emperor Callus lifted a hand. My star, a gift for you. The theater had begun. The hangar door opened slowly, and behind it, a row of purple banners dropped. One after another, as each banner snapped into place, a scion fell to hands and knees, head bowed low. Jairus's shoulder disappeared in the emperor's hand. Come, let us open your gift. The two walked past the kneeling warriors. I have named it for you, Callus croned. 
I call it God's will. Jairus's chest fluttered. The ship was beautiful. A drum sounded. A cabal emerged, delicately carrying armor, holding it as if it would break. Piece by piece, it was placed on the floor in front of Jairus. The weight on his shoulder lifted. This is yours. When you take it, you are mine. And Callus left. His procession followed. Only God's will and Jairus remained. Shayet's ship lay smashed and burning on the ground. A few meters away, Shayatet himself crawled from a pod. Jairus jumped lightly from his own ship, sent it rocking back into low orbit with a tap of his nav gauntlet. God's will had done its part. Now Jairus must finish him. Jairus raised a pistol, another of Callus's gifts, and emptied its clip. Shayatet heaved and jerked as black pressure gel spouted from his armor, but he did not fall. He roared, blood and saliva splattered the ground, and charged. Jairus holstered the pistols. He waited until Shayatet was nearly on top of him before activating the energy blade. A gargling roar, a spray of pressure gel, and it was over. Jairus's fingers trembled as he summoned God's will again. In the cockpit, Callus's face appeared. My heart swells with pride. This drink is in your honor. Jairus, you simply are wrong. We will agree to disagree, my lord. Your palate simply lacks the sophistication to detect the notes in your world's drink. I am Sindhu. I was crafted for my palate, my lord. But you simply do not taste all of this. It is impossible. I do not currently taste anything, my lord. Well, we must fix that. In the silence of space, a nearby explosion rocked God's will. Jairus narrowed his eyes. My lord, I have an issue to tend to. I shall save your drink for you. The cockpit monitor flickered from Callus's face to a radar. Small red triangles blinked on screen as an alarm took up a shill cry. Jairus pulled a visor down in front of him and fired the ship's thrusters. Jairus left God's will behind for his final mission. He needed a ship big enough to carry his fellow shadows to Gaul, and with enough internal shielding and anti-impact padding to ensure the plan they had developed would succeed. Under Jairus's control, the ship dodged and weaved and carved a path through the Red Legion. His fingers flipped switches, rapidly changing the displays on the monitors surrounding the cockpit. In the hold, the shadows waited. Jairus aligned the ship's trajectory towards the Dominus's ship. The plan was simple. My dear Jairus, the Emperor had said, we must deliver the shadows to the Dominus at any cost. Jairus knew what this meant. For him, the trip was one way. But that was all right, so long as Gaul's was too. 
there ends the story of Jairus the Ace Defiance. <sighs> These shadows are. I mean, th- th- this 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 is very much the the revenge story that Cal that Callus wants. Like he's he's oh, creating yes. these lasts of this kind to to just carry out, you know, kill all, you know, any yep. anyone who usurped me, anyone who's part of this coup, anyone who that who defied me, they're they're dead to me. Like the 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 bounties that he issued, he is now just like. He's hand fulfilling. picking, yeah. He's just hand picking who he's giving them to. He's like, okay, you, uh, shadow number one, you get uh, Molly. Shadow number two, you get. Uh, well, we can't quite give you Gaul, so we'll give you part of Gaul. Well, like you, you, you just drive the ship, and we'll, I'll, I'll pay you later. It's fine. So yeah, yeah like so, this is very much a yeah. So we know Molly was eliminated by a shadow. We know Shayotet, the Emperor's protector or former protector, yep. was eliminated by a shadow. Um, so that only leaves, uh, Atzat, uh, Umanarath, who we know, uh, falls as part of a, the ritual to summon Shivu Arath, uh, Keitel, who is still in game, um, what? <laughs> surprise, uh, the console and Gaul, who we know what their fate was. Well, we do, but our listeners We do. Don't. Some of our listeners may not, and they'll find out, but not right Next now. time! <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's one other uh, shadow that I want to talk about here. Um, so just because we know what happened to Gaul uh, doesn't mean that there weren't other attempts on his life. Oh, sure. And I mean, we see... We we see that in the end of Jairus's story about him driving the other shadows to Gaul's ship. Um, and Presumably we see smashing how that plays into it out. Cabal style, right? Like right, yeah. Uh, and we see how some of that plays out through the last armor set um, acquired in the Leviathan raid, which is the Warlock armor set, um, which is the uh, describing the story of the Fulminator. And again, this is another race of people that Callus has, has made one of them, his shadow has made them uh, subservient. So the story of the Fulminator goes like this. Callus gestured towards the crackling arc storm before him. The energy mass shivered, tethered to a golden spindle in the center of the chamber. You are marvelous, he said to the Arkborn. His eyes drank in the flickering light. You will cast a glorious shadow. A panel on the wall lit up in Cabal. This ship is tiny. The Emperor threw his head back and goffed. Compared to the interstellar conduits of your people, anything would seem small. The Leviathan is formidable in its own right, I assure you. Leave my people be. I will serve. Of course, you are all I need. Your very presence eviscerates flesh. He gestured and a metallic shell lowered from the darkness above. Now the Fulminator was free to walk the decks of her new flagship. Statesman 
Thual ran, and the Fulminator followed him. He was a minor diplomat who had played a part in the coup against the Emperor. She wasn't certain of the details. The social dynamics of organics were difficult to grasp, and she found them constantly irrelevant. He had no, no idea she was still there. He had thought he had outrun her, but the Arkborn knew that bipedals rarely look up. She hovered far above her target, specific limiters on her armor disabled so that Ark could flow freely and lift her to the heavens. Below, the statesman had chosen a brightly lit street that led to a dead end on the left turn in front of him. She descended. The charred husk that was the statesman had revealed several things before he expired. He had mistaken her for a warrior of the light, one of their stormbringers who apparently bore a resemblance to the fulminator. She wished to see one of them. No biped was ever anything like her. She felt something like regret when Thal said his people were mobilizing to annihilate them. She made other reports to Callus pertaining to the locations of Red Legion armories and fleet movements. He only cared about that one. Now that the military was in power in Callus's absence, military parades on Cabal worlds were commonplace. Gaul's flagship would take part in one such celebration on Resignation Day, in the fringes of the Soul System, in honor of a mythic Praetor. That was where the shadows would kill the Dominus. The Fulminator noticed a difference in her fellow shadows as they prepared for war. The usual bickering fostered by the multi-species makeup of Callus's enforcer group had vanished overnight as they faced the task that had, they had gathered to complete, to kill Dominus Gaul. Callus had recruited them through bribery or promises of wealth. None of them expected to survive their mission. The might of the Red Legion had grown vast. This acceptance brought them together. The Fulminator didn't understand or care. As long as Callus left the Ark born to their interstellar conduits, she would do what she had done since the day she came aboard the Leviathan destroy the enemies of the Emperor. Jairus's fighter soared like a blade into the throat of the Dominus command ship. They hoped it wouldn't matter. Jairus died on impact. The shadows burst forth from his shattered vessel, the fulminator leading the charge. Every limiter on her suit was undone and the unrelenting fury of her being was loosed onto the bridge and would permanently disable her. She would still exist, but couldn't anchor herself or manipulate anything around her. She would scatter to the winds. Navigation displays exploded in a shower of sparks as she passed. The storm she had become reached an apex of intensity, and she reached out to to scores of cabal and swallowed them as she, left, as she felt them die. She wrapped Gaul in her light, enivorating him in bursts of flaring arc. She was fading, but he would die, wouldn't he?
and thus ends the story of the Fulminator. Holy shit! So this this is this is a very interesting. <sighs> it's so all well presumably all the other shadows are like the last of their people the the last one the the whatever this is a Either shadow the last that... or like they they they're no one did this willingly <laughs> is is what right. it comes down to well um, we say that but this one almost seems like it it joined willingly to well, to say to to, to say to go, to say to right right to say to Callus hey i'll you know use me and leave the rest of my people be let leave them to their their thing and Callus just agrees to this. That's uh, that's kind of a interesting thing there. Well, um, he agrees but definitely to a nod. it. But we also know that he went back on that word because there are Arkborn in the menagerie that we we free as part of our uh, as part of uh, the uh, that menagerie rooms uh, that's activity. Right. That's right. Well, shit. Maybe not to be trusted. Not, okay. Not well, that. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Fuck that. Uh, but so, yeah. So, so this Arkborn, it, 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 this is a non, um, non-organic thing. Like it's just a yeah. ball of energy, is what it sounds like. Sentient arc energy. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact that the you know the the other cabal refer to this thing as oh this is a this is a light bearer right like they they think it's a guardian they think it's a arisen right like they look at it as 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 a guardian and uh so now this this sentient arc energy is like there's something like me out there okay well let's go see this thing too while we're at it oh no kill gall okay yeah kill gall kill gall who's just chilling on the edge of the soul system apparently i mean we say chilling he's he's hosting a celebration before like sending his armies against the tower (laughs) that's true that's what's happening here I mean, that's, um, that, I mean, you, I chill during a celebration, right? Like, I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, pretty chill. Yeah, during, yeah. Uh, drinks all around, so what, right? Like, yeah. what this shows us is that Callus had built up this this army of shadows, um, this this elite strike force, with the intention of of enacting revenge against his conspirators, and he fully intended to assassinate Gaul before Gaul yeah. ever reached us. Yeah. Um. He wasn't necessarily trying to protect us. It just the timeline worked out that way. Yeah. Uh, presumably, also, all of the shadows died in this attempt, and that's, Gaul that's survived. That's what it sounds like. All, all. Asterisk. Now it is reasonable, I think, to say that Callus had no idea that guardians or light bearers existed until he received the report from the fulminator about being compared to these other entities by this aristocrat. All right, I'll uh, give you that one. Because Callus has been in exile this whole time or or right. you know, was exiled and then doing his own thing, he wouldn't know about cabal being uh interaction interactions with guardians. And Cuz I so guess this brings up I'm, a lot of questions too, like why is Gaul at the edge of the soul system? So I think this is is probably just prior to Gaul's attack on us, right? Um, but what what in what in the universe 
drew Cabal to that, like, or drew Gaul to us? Like, were, oh, were well, they just, was this I just will... our expansion? And oh, is this a next episode thing? So, so not, not necessarily next episode thing. Um, I mean, I, I talk about it a little bit here, but essentially, remember, we fought the Cabal in D1 prior right. to Gaul being here. Right. Uh, so, is, is this just part scouts. of like expansion? Ah. Yeah, it's just expansion. They were scouting out. Uh, it's implied that they were on Mars because they found that Mars had a, a rich number of resources that the Cabal needed, and uh, they were originally just homeworld, a right? mining crew. Yeah, yeah, they they were a mining crew and scouts, and they arrived in Mars, met very little opposition until we came along, and went, "What the heck are you doing?" And uh, now they suddenly so, have an enemy that they've never fought so, before. Hold the fuck on. <laughs> You're telling me the entire reason we fight Cabal is because a bunch of guys just showed up and were like, who the fuck are you? And started kicking their ass? <laughs> That's uh, literally kind of the entirety of the reason why we're fighting Cabal. Okay. All right. Well, not not the entirety of the reason, but the Cabal were not here. The Cabal didn't know about us. The Cabal yeah. didn't know that the Guardians existed or that humanity existed. They just they found a very resource rich planet and said, "Oh, okay, we're gonna set up shop here. We're gonna mine it for its resources, and you know, the the rest of the Empire can maybe make their way here, and this will be a colony at some point." But their their main goal was just they were scouts and they found a, a resource rich you know place for for the empire to to use and um, they did not think realizing to look that it was inhabited one more planet by... in right like well and to be fair uh in d1 it's and th- this is where we we get some i don't want to say some retconning but in d1 Oh, we Inter- ships capable of interstellar travel were not common. Right. Yeah, you know, like we we were very lucky in in D1 for our guardian to come across a ship that could traverse uh Earth in general and then we had to go on a whole, you know, couple missions to find a drive that let us fix. go to other yep. planets. Yep. Uh That's right. which would imply that there wasn't a whole lot of interplanetary movement at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know the the cabal were a warring race. They they had never come across anything they hadn't been able to beat back. Eventually, that's true. Uh, Either beat back completely and kill, or sub you know beat back enough to subjugate. Yeah, right. No. So they had no reason to believe like, yeah, if if we come across something, we'll just kill it. Yeah, you know, we'll deal with it. Like, well, and there's even a line in D two like, you know, who knew cabal had scientists. Because we just see them all as like warring things. I think it's in the not inside right. terminus. What's the other one? That's on um, Nessus. Inverted spire. The inverted spire. Yep. Yeah. And they 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 just like they're just drilling into Nessus for resources. Like that's. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing the, they're doing the same thing on Nessus that they yeah okay yeah no then that makes sense okay. And it yeah. it was only when the Cabal met uh, the Vex on Mars and then us the guardians that they recognize that they have come they had come across a a force that they could not deal with with the battalions that were stationed at mars sure. and um they put 
put out you know a a request for backup which um was was followed up on uh by the uh skyburner legion who came in as as backup to assist the uh siege dancer legion which was stationed on mars and phobos uh, and that's actually where the beginning of the Taken King campaign starts, is where the Skyburner Legion has been uh, reinforcing the base on Phobos with the intention of leading a siege against Earth. Ah, and then Taken King interrupts that. And then Taken King interrupts that. And that, that's actually the very first mission of the Taken King campaign. Yep. We are there to try and deal with the cabal that are amassing uh, on, on Phobos. Phobos. Yep. Only to find most of them are dead. Yeah. And trying yeah. to figure out, like, what happened here. What the here? fuck and even happened here? Yeah. And we find out uh, it was because Oryx. <laughs> yeah. He likes but, making... He, he and his sisters like making war machines out of moons. It's, it, that's what they do. Yep. Uh, and the Cabal suffered massive losses. Massive right. losses from this. Uh, there's actually a line in that Taken King mission from a scannable... Um, that ghost says, uh, cabal mining sites across Mars and Phobos have been hit. Losses to the Blind Legion, 35%. Losses to the Sand Eater Legion, 58%. Losses to the Dust Giant Legion, 39%. So, massive loss. Loss on a massive scale here. Huge, huge losses. Uh, and the, the cabal report that they're coming across this new force that is just obliterating them uh and in the strike i believe it's the strike uh during the taking king it might have been the shield brother strike or it may have been it may have been a mission uh we you know the the cabal in an attempt to fight the taken king uh crash a ship into the dreadnought yep um and you know they they're as successful as you might expect <laughs> uh they they crash that ship just fine but uh are unable to to make any kind of you know real dent in in the hive yeah. forces uh and so they they send out a distress signal to dominus to dominus gull saying we're we're not winning we need the support of the empire we we need the full empire, and that is what spurs on Dominus Gaul to take up the full force of the Cabal Red Legion and start making their way towards the Soul System. Gotcha. Uh, and presumably, it just takes them the period of t- you know a couple of years in our time. Uh, sure. From the end of Taken King to the beginning of D two Vanilla to to get to us from Torbottle. Which wow. apparently during that travel is where this attempted assassination on Dominus Gaul uh, took place and failed. That's mind blowing to and, me to uh, think that like all of this is is borderline coincidental. I mean, isn't any altercation at the end of the day coincidental? All right, like all right, you, all right, you. Uh, you, you can dumb down oh. anything into all right you well it just so happened to happen that way <laughs> you, you, 
bitch. I see. All right. I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right. So, well, um, we, is, is this a good stopping point then? Or we've talked through, we've um, talked through the entire coup, uh, all the all the major players of the coup. We've talked through the exile of Callus uh, and his meeting of the witness. We've talked through mm-hmm. um, at, at least some of his shadow gathering, if not all, um, and their their the attempted assassination on Gaul. Uh, just be, the the we'll, we'll call it the eve before the 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 Destiny Two mm-hmm. Red Legion yeah. launch. Uh, um, there's only two other things I want to touch on. Um, just real okay. quick. One is just uh, completing the idea of all of Callus's previous shadows died in this attempt, attempted assassination. And it would make sense then that Callus would go, all right, I need another strong group to, to try and carry out my will. Uh, the Fulminator was, by many accounts, one of the most feared beings in his, his arsenal. And with the Fulminators being compared to these things called Guardians, maybe yeah. I should look into them and see if I can Absolutely. get them on my side. And I think that's those are the dots that connected to him reaching out to us and trying to bring us in as shadows in addition to our eventual uh, you know, defeat of Gaul. Um, but the other thing that I want to read here is, is a little lengthy to put at the end, but I, I think it's best better here than at the beginning of next episode. How um, dare you? How and, dare you extend an episode out? <laughs> uh, and this is actually a letter or, or communication that was written f- by Callus to Gaul, though it's unclear if Gaul ever got it. Uh, and this is, you can, uh, f- read this letter or piece it together from the lore entries of the armor of the champion armor of the agent and armor of the minister which are the hard mode versions of the leviathan raid armor uh so the these armor pieces actually have different lore cards on them than the normal mode of leviathan and you put them together and you get this letter out of it uh so I did not piece this together myself. I am using a uh, Destiny lore Reddit post by a user, um, Doby Rams, who did all the work of figuring out what order these went in and putting it all together. So credit to them. Uh, but I'm going to read what this letter addressed to Gaul said. And this is from Callus? From Callus to Gaul. To Gaul. What sad turns has your life taken since my exile? When you look upon the dour face of the consul, do you feel the nauseous twinge of regret? Do you find solace in a meditative state, a lonely island in a sea of incessant blithering? I wonder what portion of your life is spent pondering how else it might have been. All of those possibilities must pile up behind you like a chorus of furies, each whispering doubts in your ear. When next we meet, the volume of that chorus will become deafening, and you will finally understand the totality of your mistake. The light of this universe will soon dim. 
You cannot see it yet, but I assure you, there will be no denying when it comes. There will be no safety and no defense. The only question you should ask yourself is where do I want to be at the end? From my vantage, I have cause to ask myself this question with some urgency. I will move soon, and I mean to choose the place from which I will watch all become darkness. I find it poetic and satisfying that you will be near. When you imagine the last moments of all life in this universe, what do you see? Is it struggle, war, and death? Are you fighting to the last breath? Are you suffering? I am not. In those last moments, I am surrounded by joy, pleasure, and good company. I am the last thing that they see. They give to me the greatest gift. The last of the living acknowledge that I, above all other beings, was real. I have known you through many lives now. Gladiator, Primus, Usurper. With each new incarnation, I think we learn a little more about each other. How many more lives before our relationship becomes complete? But this life is my last, because there is no further that I can go. When next we meet, you will face one who has transcended even the gods. What will you be? I think perhaps I am finally ready to forgive you. There's no point in carrying around this hate forever. I think about who you were and who I was, and the end seems inevitable. How can I blame you for the poisonous ambition that the consul poured into your ears? You were merely his instrument. In the end, it has all been for the better, has it not? Your betrayal is the first chapter in the story of my ascension. Sometimes I stare into the, the abyss of space, plagued by a terrible fear. In this waking nightmare, everything you said to me and everything you felt for me was a lie. But what was the true nature of these lies? Were they manipulation wrought by ambition? Were they hateful machinations of vengeance? Or, worst of all, were they self-delusions? Did I merely ascribe to you words and feelings that were in fact only my own? I think it is only fair to warn you. I mean to reincorporate the Red Legion. I am their rightful emperor, and I shall offer them forgiveness. All they must do is repent and submit for their re-education. I feel like it is only fair to make you the same offer. How does Primus of the Red Legion sound? Your re-assimilation into the Empire is likely to be cause for concern. You'll understand that it will come with some preconditions. After all, we can't have it appear that I've played favorites. But there's no cause for alarm. Your re-education is merely a formality. While I may forgive you, the rest of the Empire will need some time. It's important to show the people how you have changed. It won't be forever, just however long it takes to earn your place at my side once more. When you left me on the Leviathan, you left me with nothing. I hope you understand things are different now. I have been tested, and I have emerged from the other side. 
You always spoke of how adversity shaped the person you are, how it made you stronger. I see the truth of that now in a way that before I never could. I want you to see what I have learned. I want you to see what adversity has allowed me to become. You've gone to great lengths to hide your movements. I know because I have been tracking you, not out of any kind of obsession. I just need to know what you're doing. It might affect my plans. But I'm curious to know, are you hiding because of me? Is there some reason you don't want, to, want me to see you? I'm not upset about it, but you should know that I'm not hiding from you. If you want to understand what I'm doing, you need but look. You don't realize that I am all around you. I know that you have gone to the soul system. I'm writing because I will be there soon as well. Perhaps a reunion is in order. My agents have left ahead of me to prepare for my arrival. I like to establish good relationships with the locals. I know it may surprise you, but one of the ways in which I have grown is my attitude towards the lesser species. I have come to believe that there is a place for all creatures in my empire. The end will be so much more interesting if we face it together. I often think of what it would be like to see you again, how you might look and what you might say. I imagine different scenarios where you walk around a corner and there I am magnificent and in control. I don't see you at first, and you hesitate. Is this a confrontation you want to have? Of course, your curiosity gets the better of you. Our eyes meet. Neither of us say anything, because we both know what's at stake. That this could be the end of an empire. Thus ends Callus's letter. It's just an interesting little peek into into Callus's uh viewpoints on Gaul like even even after the failed assassination attempt um he's he's willing to like bring Gaul back into the fold like i i he truly had this kind of familial bond that he he didn't necessarily want Gaul gone at least some part of him didn't. Yeah. Uh, so, no indication of Gaul ever got that letter, and clearly he never acted on it. But, uh, but yeah, I think that is where we're we're uh, gonna end tonight. Okay then. I'm I I'm speechless. I you have such a good reading thing going on. Like I don't even. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you approve. I I approve. Hopefully our listeners approve. Uh, Speaking of listeners, uh, we should give some thank yous. Who should, who should, who should, who should we thank? I am going to, so uh, we have a lot of different people and and actually I want to, I want to kind of make this a thing um, where if we have uh, the, the week before an episode, if we have people, uh, you know, reach out to us or, or leave a review somewhere um, to, to draw some recognition to those people. So yeah. um, 
I say we've got some great people on Twitter, but we also have some really awesome reviews that were left for us on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, yeah. And I think it would be kind of fun to highlight those this time, and then uh, we'll do some of our, our Twitter followers next time, and we can just kind of see where it goes from there. Yeah. Pay it forward uh, with kindness. Yeah. So I'm going to read out a few of these um from the the apple podcast reviews uh we have a uh a person by the name of lucky zeke says uh left us a five-star review says a real lore podcast everything i've been looking for i guess as opposed to a fake lore podcast uh, as, as well as thank you thank yes, you for leaving th- us thank the... you to, to all of these the the uh, the kind words the the five star review and you're welcome. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. You weren't the only one that was like, "Oh my god, can somebody just put this in a listenable format to where I can just throw it on in the background and let's do it work?" That That's is exactly literally how, how this shit <laughs> was born. Like this, we oh, our clanmates were like, "Hey, I want to listen to this during the week. Do a thing." And so we were like, "Okay, done." So yeah. And, and thus this was born. Uh, so we have another five-star review. Thank you. From uh, Irish One Dan, who says, Great podcast to learn more about Destiny lore. Uh, a additional five-star review from a... Uh, I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry. Um, N.M. Husiniga? Husinga? I'm sorry. <laughs> Again. Yeah. We're just, uh, we'll, just, we'll just throw the apology there first. And then a thank yeah. you. <laughs> thank you for, for sticking with us this long. <laughs> right. Uh, they say, started D2 a month before Witch Queen. This is a great podcast to learn the backstory of all things Destiny. Thank you very much. That was kind of, that, that's been our goal for a lot of this. That, that means a lot. Um, I say, and the last... One that we'll go over tonight. Uh, another five star from uh, MCORV3 says, Good listen for Destiny fans. Yay! So thank you, everybody. I like, I like, that, I like that people are, are, are able to find some sort of knowledge out of this. I, it, a lot of times it's just kind of us just reading lore entries and me getting all teary-eyed because myth has such a beautiful speaking voice um but no i'm i'm glad that people can find some sort of of joy out of this and and at the end of the day that's that's what we're here for we we as much as we do this as a as a just a uh a lore deep dive every week um to kind of satisfy our own little curiosities uh we like the we like to bring joy to the world and i think the world could do with a little more joy so for all of those that uh, gave us some five stars, thank you. Uh, and even those that didn't leave a review, thank you. Uh, and just, you know, at the end of the day, pay it forward. You know, be kind to everyone. Be be a nice person. Absolutely. Uh, it, it means a lot to us to know that we're able to uh, to bring some, some entertainment and, uh, you know, maybe some knowledge about, you know, the game that, that we all love and, and like to play. So, uh, I uh yeah you know th- thank you to everybody those that those that left review those that just listen um 
we we appreciate you guys and uh and we'll continue to do some of these some of these shout outs going forward i think yeah all right well uh i know this was kind of a long one but uh any anything else miss i think we covered it all righty well then from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there we'll see you next week <laughs>